Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. It's easy to get lost in the latest true crime podcast. Or your favorite binge-worthy show. But what about your own story? That's the most important story of all. And therapy helps you write it. BetterHelp Therapy is 100% online and designed to be convenient and flexible enough to squeeze in between the next episode on your list. Get started today at BetterHelp.com slash pause for 10% off your first month. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. What is The Briefing Room? It's a behind-the-scenes look at how the criminal justice system works and the lives of the people within that system. If you love true crime, well, these are the real people who do the job every day of making sure justice is served. Hi, I'm Detective Dave. I'm Detective Dan. Together, we have decades of experience in local law enforcement, a profession that we think is often misunderstood. So we're going to explore how to do it right, and we won't shy away from when it's done wrong. These are stories you'll hear nowhere else. Unique, frank, and unvarnished. From the team that brought you Small Town Dicks, this is The Briefing Room. Episode 1 drops on August 30th. We'll meet you in The Briefing Room. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com And welcome back to Scarred for Life, the podcast where we open up old wounds by looking back at the films that scared us as kids. I'm Terry. And I'm Mary Beth. Each episode, our special guest or guests will bring with them a movie that traumatized them as a child. This week, we have two very special guests, the Pierce brothers, Brett and Drew. They've worn a lot of hats, from editing and storyboarders to directing and writing. Their latest film, The Bewitching, The Wretched, is coming to VOD on May 1st. Welcome to the show, you guys. Yeah. Hey, thanks, guys. Thanks hey. for having us. We're, we're excited to, to talk Evil Dead 2. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And I'm excited to talk to you about The Wretched. <laughs> oh, cool, cool. Yeah, well, very much so. It's it's yes. easier for us to blab about that for way too long. So <laughs> <laughs> this is new for us because we've never had two people that were related on the show. So, um, who's older? I am Brett. Brett. Yeah, Brett. He's older. I'm wiser. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, actually, the joke is it's always that, like, I'm the one that's like, hey, man, let's go make this movie. Let's jump off the cliff and be crazy and quit our jobs. And Drew's always kind of like, wait a minute, wait a minute. What's the plan? I'm like, I don't care. We just got to be passionate. So that's like, the, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that that kind of kind of evens out. That's kind of a good a yeah. good team to have, I would think. Yeah. Those both sides. Yeah, it's, it's, sort of it's like, a good dynamic. And we, you know, we only want to murder each other, you know, once every two weeks. So it's fine. So that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> brothers fair. do. <laughs> So, how did you guys get into horror? 
We've just, uh, our our dad actually worked on the first Evil Dead. So we've been kind of obsessed with horror since we were little kids just because we watched, uh, you know, segue into the our, our movie choice. But we, we've been watching horror movies since we were little kids because Evil Dead was the shot well, portions of it in our basement. Correction on that Whoa. is, yeah, they, they were doing the effects and finishing the movie in our basement when I was like two or three and Drew was like oh, one. Yeah. That's so cool, though. It was cool, except um, I snuck down into the basement one time when it was really little. And, like, oh, yeah, all the guys were there, like Sam and Bruce and my dad and everybody else. What? Yeah, and they were screening, like, the kind of sort of ending of the movie with the big meltdown to, like, see if they like They were projecting it on the wall. So uh-huh. I sneak down, and I look, and I just see, like, the most gruesome, disgusting thing. <laughs> And they don't know I'm standing right there. And they're like, oh, no. finishes and they turn on the lights. And I was just, I was like horrified. And I actually <laughs> didn't really watch horror movies till I was about 14 or 15 because I had this like unrealistic expectation that horror movies were going to like melt my brain, you know? So it was just. <laughs> For some reason, our dressers are closed because we lived in a small house in Detroit. They were all in the basement. And we had the scariest basement of all time. (laughs) I don't know if they were trying to torture us, but like growing up, you know, we were like five, six, seven, eight years old. And we'd always have to go into this creepy, dank basement full of spider webs and like a furnace that pipes and pipes and like exposed brick wall. It was like and and like the click on lights, like the little hanging old. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was so creepy. But And the walls were still like spattered with kind of gore that had just dried over time. So it just looked like. (laughs) Evil Dead down oh in our God. basement, so it was, yeah. So I just, I, yeah, I made Drew go down to the. I was the big brother. I'd be like, "You go down first, so that like, yes. you get got yes. first before I get do. got." Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. So it was funny. What did your dad do um, on Evil Dead? Um, he was the photographic special effects artist for the first one. Um, cool. Like his big claim to fame, and is you know at the ending when there's like that big meltdown with the uh, the big finale like gore effect where like it, mm-hmm. the thing screams, yeah. falls over, and explodes, and there's stop motion and all that stuff. That yeah. was uh, him and Tom Sullivan did that for I don't know. They spent like a summer in our basement just doing that whole sequence. So that's amazing. That's amazing. It was cool. Everyone thought that's my mom cool. was crazy for letting all these kids come into her basement and make this like super gory <laughs> horror movie, but you know. <laughs> We thought it was cool. So. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. Uh, so it sounds like uh, filmmaking was kind of in your guys' blood. Uh, have When did you decide to get into filmmaking? Has it been something you've always wanted to do? A little bit. We, we, you know, we went to high school and at the time they had like a TV class to like, you know, film, you know, football games and all that kind of stuff. And we, we basically turned it into our film class. We were just, we had a group of like 10 friends in the class and we just shoot shorts nonstop. Yeah. We shot like terrible horror shorts and like Hong Kong action shorts and like (laughs) ripoffs of all these terrible movies. And, but it was like kind of awesome. Like, I mean, I even remember on live TV, we, for Halloween, we had like, Wolfman versus the you know, creature from the Black Lagoon, like wrestling match or something. So, oh my gosh, I love that. Yeah, yeah, it was fun. We had a good time. Yeah, they let us do these little like TV segments. So we do interviews with like the local student council or something, and then the, in between shorts would be these like really ragtag, like thrown together, like Wolfman, you know, fighting Batman type. Yeah, shorts. Or they, they, like, <laughs> like they, would, they would give us like free passes to leave school. It was kind of funny. It was like we had like carte blanche, and we'd go like downtown. And, like, take a dummy with us and, like, film it dropping it off the parking garage. 
which is super dangerous, you know? And we're like, this is going to be awesome, you know? And it was just, you know, it was, it was like, you know, it was like film school, you know, for kids. It was cool. That's awesome. Yeah, it was fun. <laughs> you know, it's funny. So- most of those guys from those class now are very successful either like writers and filmmakers out here now so it's it's pretty funny so oh really yeah a lot That's of amazing. them yeah yeah i mean side note like one of them those? oh like the the videos yeah yeah oh, yeah. yeah yeah actually one buddy and i can't name Some him because he won't want anyone to request request them he's he's been like cataloging all of our terrible shorts and movies from our whole life and he has them all and it's kind of sweet we all sweet and embarrassing yeah 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 and we're like these can never get out <laughs> yeah but that's so sweet that he still has them it's just nice to see. it's like you know look how far you've come and it's cool to see like as young filmmakers it's so cool it's yeah. just, I know that those things are kind of embarrassing but still like having that little archive like mini archive in a way is so cool yeah it's really cool it's like having a diary of your life that you don't want people People never see, but <laughs> it's funny. So, what is it like working together as a brother duo on films? It's it's great because we we don't have. I think this is why there's a lot of like just brother and sister teams. There's like no ego as far as like mm. if the best the best idea always you know wins. Like the cream always comes to the top because you know we're not afraid to tell each other we have a stupid idea. Yeah, <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> or that we're an idiot. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, it's a great uh, relationship. We just spend way too much time together. And, you know. Yeah. To, to his wife and my girlfriend, we drive them nuts just because we're constantly talking movies or the next idea or something like that. But I mean, it's, it's good because Drew comes from kind of a heavy storyboarding background and character design okay. background from animation. Like he worked on Futurama. Yeah. yeah I was going to say. Yeah, and like Seth Rogen's The Interview was another movie storyboard and Happy yeah. Time Murders. Yeah, yeah. So he he was on that end of things, and I actually got kind of I started working in reality TV because I was so broke from making our first movie, Deadheads. But um, <laughs> but I've always been kind of like the guy that writes the first draft of the script, and then Drew and I do heavy, heavy rewrites together because because basically I think. Drew's awesomely a perfectionist, and I'm awesomely like just dive in and let's get a draft to work on. So yeah, we we look like clones, but we're like so different creatively. I feel like <laughs> the the balance. Brett always wants to dive in right away and just write the scene he's excited about, and I always want. I'm obsessed like for being like an artist and creative. I'm so left brained. I always want to structure, <laughs> re-examine, <Yeah>. <laughs> and you know dissect things. Yeah. Um, when I get bored hearing perfect. about it, I'm like, "You're sucking all the fun out of it. Let me just write it real fast." You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's like we can change it later. But he's he's right in a lot of ways, and it usually you know it's a good balance. I mean, we we end up yeah. finding I I hope what is a, a good spot for the both of us. You know? Yeah. That's awesome. Your new movie uh, that's coming out, The Wretched. Before we get into it, I have to ask because it was something that was in the little in the script. Yeah. Which one of you is the lemon starburst, and which one is the cherry and strawberry? <laughs> oh man, that's so funny. Well, I'm definitely I like cherry and strawberry, man. I'm never going to take the lemon starburst. Um, yeah, I mean, I like all starbursts. I'm not really. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> okay. You know what's funny about that gag too, though, is like our dad's always like, "I don't get it." I'm like, "Dad, you're old." Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> everybody else gets it. I'm like, "It's fine." People, he's like, "I mean, it's it's obviously the cherry and the strawberry." Yeah. I mean, obviously. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. The worst part is when we show it to like uh, teenagers. Now they're like, "What's taste the rainbow?" 
Yeah. <laughs> We're like, it's a slogan. Yeah. <laughs> Oh God! We're like, oh, we're old. Uh, yeah, now the Skittles commercials are all the like weird, like I'm gonna pull this zit off your face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you seen the yogurt, the creepy yogurt boy one, where he like giggles and he like dips the Skittle in the yogurt boy and he no. eats it? Oh, it's no, it's like a body horror. It's like a body horror movie, but a Skittles commercial. It's phenomenal. Wow, that would never have been made ten years ago, man. No, <laughs> That's no. so funny. Can you guys tell our listeners a little bit about The Wretched and what it's all about? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, the Wretched is a horror film. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, it's our own little uh, creepy dark fairy tale that we've been anxious to tell for a while. It's essentially about uh, a teenager that moves into his dad's place for the summer in this kind of quaint boating town and becomes convinced that the woman next door is a thousand-year-old witch that's stealing children. Hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's the premise. I don't like telling it anymore because then I spoil the things no, I like about it. the movie. There's so much more to it. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But that's the, uh, that's the shorthand. It's the elevator pitch. Yeah. <laughs> cool. <laughs> yeah. So um, how did how did you come up? Because like the witch, the witches in this movie is is oh, very feral so good. and mean and oh, gnarly. Nice. How... How did you guys come up with the 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 design the the backstory? How did you decide to to make this? Well, we the way it was. We, I mean, it's it's a couple inspirations, but we were obsessed with the uh, Royal Dal book, which is okay. you remember that book? Yeah. Oh yes. Oh yes. And I think in our heads we were always like, "What's the grown up version of that? What's the like more adult version that's like you know." <laughs> a little creepier, a little more body horror. Like, what? Where? Where are like the creepy witches? Not, not that it's like this community of witches, but where? You know, we never get like witches as creatures. That was sort yes. of the jumping, yeah. jumping off point. We always get witches as ghosts. Like, you find out the the woman hung herself in the barn, and she was a witch because she, you know, hated her children. Yeah. Uh, but we were like, what's the witch creature? And that we kind of after we kind of had that, we just started looking at a bunch of different mythologies from around the world. There's so many cool witch mythologies we've never seen on screen. Like they've done a little bit of like the Baba Yaga, if you if you know the yeah. Baba Yaga. But yeah, we, yeah. We were looking at there's there's a couple. There's Jenny Greenteeth, which oh. is like yeah. this really creepy witch. She that lives like in lives. bogs and like eats children. She kind of looks similar to our witch, so she was visually kind of a big inspiration. But we really fell onto. There's one called Black Annie or Black Annis from the UK. Oh yeah, I've heard of that before. She's like a blue-faced witch with, yeah. like, sharp teeth and lives underneath a tree. Yeah, and steals um, children. And then... And then I found one called oh, yeah. Boo Hag, which is... It's this, like... It's basically this woman who comes... It, there's all these, like, folk tales about this woman that comes to town, marries a man, and then at night, the, her husband sees her leaving, like, in you know, in the middle of the night, but she has no skin on. Oh, and she reali he realizes eventually, obviously, she's a witch, and she's hung her skin up in the closet. So he ends up salting the skin, and oh my God. she burns alive. And we're just like, what a cool fairy tale. What a, what, That's you just know, gnarly. Different take. So we kind of took a lot of those pieces and then some of our own like ideas and just came up with sort of our own version. Yeah. We were just obsessed with reading those short stories because we just thought they were so creepy and, and I, I'm like a super big uh, Mike Mandola like Hellboy fan there's, yeah yeah there's mm -hmm. so much cool witch stuff that I've just been reading for years oh, and those that I was like 
why aren't we doing more witch stuff that, I mean, there are plenty of good witch films, but why don't we have a variety? Why don't we have like creature witches and other stuff? So, yeah. Right. Well, have you guys read the graphic novel, The uh, Witches with a Y? You want to know something funny? Is <laughs> I love that writer, Scott Snyder. I've read all of yeah. American Vampire. I love it. Yeah. I had finished writing the, we had finished writing The Wretched and we were close to production and I had been reading about The Witches Online. I'm like, I don't want to read it because I don't want to be influenced by it. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, I'm going to read it now because I love that yeah. writer. I think he's awesome. But I saw a couple, like, covers and images, and I was kind of like, oh, man, they're kind of, like, skating in the same world as us. So we got to uh, – I'm going to try to, like, not look at it for right now and, and you know, okay. check it out later. But I'm going to read it now just because I'm super intrigued what I've read about it now. You definitely should. Like, oh, okay. you, Absolutely. Like, The Wretched is different. Like, you have similar themes, but, like – it's very different, but The Witch, I think you would really enjoy it. It's just like, it's a phenomenal graphic novel. And the graphic style is awesome, and Scott Snyder always does amazing projects. But oh, yeah. I would recommend, especially now that we're all like stuck inside for the foreseeable future, I would um, <laughs> I would give it a read. And it's pretty quick. It's only one volume. So oh, really? Pretty, That's all I've yeah, so yeah, far. Yeah, I, I, it kind of wraps up. Yeah. In one volume. Um, I'm hoping there might be another one, but I think for right now it is just one volume. So again, it's like super easy and not a lot of, not a lot of like volumes you have to get to finish it, which is great. Yeah. I heard they were going to try to make a film out of it. And I was like, <gasps> yeah, I was like, oh, that, I was just excited because it was, you know, witch kind of creature thing. Yeah. Maybe if they like our movie enough, they'll. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm like, I mean, yeah. you guys can direct it. It'd be cool. You yeah, guys already have, like, the good, creepy witch aesthetic down. So, like, mm-hmm. why not? That'd be cool. That'd you be have fun. our vote. Yeah. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. One of the things that I, I really enjoyed about the possession aspect of it was um, was Abby and how she starts off as this kind of, like, metal, badass mom. And then as the movie continues, she starts to wear, like, more flowery and, like, more traditionally slash stereotypically feminine outfits. And she goes from being this like really badass mom to being kind of like a, a walking, I I don't want to say stereotype, but kind of like just embracing femininity in in a way that she wouldn't, Mm -hmm. I don't think. Yeah. I thought that was just such an interesting little visual cue. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's, we were trying to go for like the model woman. Like (laughs) if there was an ancient witch who's been terrorizing families since the beginning of time, how what would her sort of portrayal of a woman be and we're like it'd be great to like that's where the, the idea came to like contrast we, we based our mother a little bit on off of our actual mother who's who was a you know single mom and <laughs> super and, I mean, and honestly probably why strappy. she looks like a rock star is because we always think of our mom as a rock star oh yeah, no she's the best she worked on the movie she like literally did all the catering <laughs> so oh my god oh, really? hell yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah she's awesome yeah, so our our homage to uh, in this movie is uh, making our mom the witch. <laughs> Hell yeah! <laughs> but uh, yeah, and then we we just thought like uh, the witch, you know, her portrayal. She probably is in terrorizing children every like, you know, twenty, thirty years, forty years. So her her portrayal would be sort of the old version of like you know the model woman from the sixties, yeah. seventies, and eighties. You know, or but I earlier. think we just like the idea that like a lot of the classic witch themes that you see repeated in like all of the different, you know, mythos and like legends is that like, you know, uh, they're kind of like the dark mother. It's like, they want children, but they can't have them or they Mm want to be beautiful, but they, they can't be beautiful because they're this wretched old hag creature, you know, and stuff. So we wanted to like, you know, if, if 
this thing got to play house for a little bit, it it kind of lusts after everything it can't have, which is children being beautiful, being a woman, you know, more so than anything. So that was kind of like, you know, the idea was kind of grab all the classic themes that we all kind of know anyways and try to lump them in so that they're in there visually. So Yeah, and another another aspect that um I th- I thought was really interesting and I was kind of curious um why you decided to do it this way. It reminds me a little bit of like Disturbia or Fright Night where you you have like the kid that's that no one believes that he thinks that his neighbor's like a killer or a monster or whatever the case is. But here we actually get to see inside that house a bit and it opens up some gnarly body horror as well. <laughs> and I'm just I'm curious like how uh how you decided to to show both sides. It was actually something we debated early on with like oh. the two families actually because you always worry as a filmmaker that the pace of your movie is not too slow but just right, you know? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. so there's a lot of debate early on about like should the witch directly be kind of going after the main character earlier on in the movie but drew and i were so into we love voyeurism in movies like you said like fright night Mm -hmm. and you know rear window and disturbia and all these movies Mm -hmm. um because it helps create paranoia it helps firmly plant you in a character's shoes so we really wanted to do that and and to accomplish that you kind of have to let a mystery unfold that the character can't leave alone and eventually kind of gets involved in so we, we intentionally wanted to kind of have this thing where the witch kind of invades next door and screws everything up over there with our kids slowly kind of being drawn into it and hoping that we didn't mess with the pace of our movie, you know. And, and that was a little bit of kind of like, we just want to do it and we'll see if it works. We yeah. also love the idea of showing, because like, you know, modern families, everybody's heads are stuck in their iPhones and, and watching Netflix. Like, you wouldn't necessarily notice... If your witch, if your mother was possessed by a witch, you know, like we're also yeah. distracted right. and in our own lives. And we just thought like it would help the story to sort of see everybody how how unaware they are of what's going on. You know, <laughs> we kind of yeah. have like a little I mean, there's a little funny beat in there even where the, the dad basically heads off fishing while his wife is, you know, not to spoil, but <laughs> possessed by a witch, yeah. <laughs> preying on, on the child. You know, we just thought that there's something so ironic and kind of. Uh-huh feels true to now yeah and also um just a side note the use of baby uh cam footage was um <laughs> that's my baby by the way oh my god <laughs> does it really <laughs> it felt a little morbid yeah. putting him in the line of fire i oh love my god. it oh my god that's amazing <laughs> that's little owen thomas pierce he was our, our star oh. I think it's the thing that uh, helped justify the movie to my wife because every time he comes on screen, all the the audience gasps, go, oh, what a cute little kid. He was very cute. (laughs) He was. (laughs) The best part about that when we had to shoot that bit is like, you know, it's a baby. And our DP comes up to Drew and he's like, so so is the baby going to like turn his head towards camera and then do this? And Drew just goes like, it's a baby, man. It's going to do what it wants to do. <laughs> so, so, so it, was, it was pretty funny. You had this whole house that was full of like, you know, like 30, oh, 30 crew members. And we're all trying to be like dead silent so we don't disturb the kid. It was really, it was really funny. So Amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was a fun day. <laughs> Who did the special effects? Um, how did you get them? Because there's some really awesome um, sequences, particularly towards the end that obviously I don't want to spoil. But there's like some really kind of cool graphic uh, sequences. Yeah, thanks, Thanks, man. man. 
Yeah, we we got a. There's this company called Bitemares. Um, <laughs> Good name. Yeah, and even better, better name. The guy that runs it is a guy called Eric Porn. Uh, <laughs> really? Is he porn? Yeah, porn. He's yeah, our first. Uh, he's our like our free wow. laugh at the beginning of the movie because the credits play and it says special effects by Eric Porn. I always hear somebody go. Uh. he's super talented um his claim to fame i think his main um shtick he's been working on uh the teen wolf like series for mtv for for i think he did it for like nine years but i know five years i think oh was it five years yeah (laughs) (laughs) but he's been he's he's been basically making creatures you know nonstop forever it's been like sort of his factory and he's done a ton of other things he worked on vice and and helped out on the uh, da, uh the uh the dick cheney makeup oh wow um and he's done oh. walking dead stints or, or fear of the walking dead but he just yeah he had a huge you know monster sort of background and we, we basically we collaborated with him i'm a i'm a designer like a character designer and storyboard mm-hmm. artist so like i did a bunch of sketches and concepts passed them to him he'd go sculpt and then the, it was it was so collaborative. I could I uh, basically would draw over the sculpts. He'd send me images of his sculpt, and I'd be like, shave a little bit off here. Let's try and make it a little more feminine. And it was this cool like collaborative back and forth. You know, that's that's so cool. That's awesome. Yeah, he's the best, and he just kind of like the fun thing about him is he like shows up on set, and it's like he's like probably like 42, 43. But he's like a big kid. He's just like standing around with like a, you know, he'll have like a bucket of blood and a squirter or be coming over with like a dead deer. And he's just excited to like gore it up, you know? Like, yeah, the makeup people are always the, 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 you know, special effects makeup people are always the most fun on set. Yeah, yeah. It seems like everybody else is stressing out about like the day and, you know, getting all your shots. And they just show up and like, all right, man, let's, uh, let's, let's, let's explode a deer. It sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, What's up, guys? You ready to just like pour blood all over everything? Okay. Let's go. <laughs> I'm a huge fan of of slow burn movies, but you know, once in a while, I really, really enjoy this kind of like creature feature, balls to the wall, just sort of like fun movie. And that's one thing that, like, when I was watching this last year at Fantasia Fest, and you, you know, you're watching like 20, 30 films, and they all start to like blur together. I was so happy to get to this little creature feature that just was not taking itself completely seriously and just was having a lot of fun with the with the uh the concept um so i just i just wanted to to thank you for making uh just a fun movie we need more of those especially right now thanks man yeah that's yeah that's probably our favorite sort of genre we're we're in this this environment right now where everything is moving towards the uh bullet the the headline is elevated horror <laughs> which we we love elevated horror but we also love sure. scream you know we love yeah. we love evil dead too we love a lot of these <laughs> you know playful kind of you know fun movies we kind of like we talked about even going into it is we kind of missed like you know a horror movie can have really dark material which you know we 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 gradually get darker in our film but it was like they still can be fun like they're they're fun. They can yeah. be like roller coasters, and you can have a good time, and you can you can laugh, and then you can get disturbed all in the same movie. It's okay. So we were just yeah. kind of really anxious to kind of like you know inject that into a movie again because we we don't get those as much as we used to. You know? Yeah. No, we, don't. we do not. It makes you care about the characters more if they're sort of if there's moments of levity, and it it just yeah. it makes all the scares work a little bit better. And it, I think the other thing that's so great about comedy, if you have little bits of it, 
it can relieve the tension so you can actually ramp it back up. Yeah. Which right. it's it's kind of a danger. It's hard to keep ramping up if you get a really intense, you know, scary scene. You kind of have to let people kind of relax a little bit to be able to get that tension back up. Otherwise, they're just staying at that level. Um, yeah. So that's sort of what we love about it. Yeah, same. Um, and it's, you know, a lot of people deride like jump scares, but I'm telling you, a good jump scare is it does the perfect kind of like reset for building up the tension again. It sure and, does. Well, I think jump scares are only bad when that's all you got going in the rest of the movie. Yeah. yeah. And so everybody points them out then, but like, honestly, as long as it's not all jump scares, and if people like your movie, they want a few jump scares. They work. They're they're very effective and they're fun. You know. <laughs> so, yeah, that's the truth. Yeah. Critics don't like jump scares, but audiences tech- <laughs> actually like a couple of jump scares, so long as they're well done. I appreciate exactly. Like I appreciate a well executed jump scare. Like they're beautiful. <laughs> it's like a well executed joke. You know, yeah. it's just it's gets that that kind of adrenaline going, and then yeah, I love it. So once this quarantine is over, do you guys know what you guys are going to be tackling next? I remember hearing uh, last year you had mentioned like a werewolf movie. Is that still on the table or what do you guys have coming up? We're working on a bunch of different stuff. Um, Some things aren't like our original creations, but yeah, the werewolf thing is something we really, really want to do. It was actually something we wanted to do um, even before The Wretched, but we were also like, well, with our independent movie budget, doing a werewolf might not be the best idea. <laughs> so <laughs> so um, we kind of tabled it, but it's um, it's something we've been wanting to do for a really long time. And, you know, fingers crossed, we really like where things are going with it, that it happens. But, you know, you never know until you're, like, spending somebody else's money and shooting a movie that you're actually getting to make the movie. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we've been doing, they call it the water bottle tour, but basically going around and meeting with, Anybody in Hollywood who's ever touched a horror franchise or movie ever, like every production company. So it's uh, we've been sort of pitching and talking about a lot of different types of projects. I feel like every genre, every uh, type of uh, horror movie anyway, we've sort of. Yeah, I was even pushing. We, we were pushing our about representation. We were like, what's going on with American Vampire? Let's find it. We're, we're, oh, my God. Like, we're making it. It's like, and they were like, yeah, I don't think there's any interest in this. I'm like, what? <laughs> How? I don't I know. It's amazing. <laughs> it would be a great TV show or even a series of yeah. films. You know, so. But yeah, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's just part of the reason we made The Wretched Independent is we tried to make it out here with like production companies and studios. And we actually worked with two of them for a couple of years trying to get it going and they just never were able to so we just were like mm. we eventually were like let's just go find the money and put this together ourselves just because it, it's only going to happen if we really push for it so it's yeah just the way it is but you know it's it was nice because we honestly got to go shoot a movie up in the woods back home in michigan and like just drag out a bunch of friends and people we really trusted that were good, you know, part filmmakers and creatives and just kind of make a movie that we wanted to make in the woods. So it's fun. Same way we did when we were in high school. <laughs> Sounds kind of like the evil dead too. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's the problem. I always tell people is I'm like, the problem is with our dad making that movie when we were really little and seeing all those guys in our house, we just kind of like, we grew up thinking like, oh yeah, a movie, you just need to like get your friends and you can make it in your basement, you know? <laughs> so it's yeah. like, but, you know, it helps. <laughs> so. <laughs> so let's talk about what we've been watching whilst practicing our social distancing. <laughs> Ter- um, Terry, what have you been watching that you want to talk about? 
Well, you know, the thing is, is that I um, honestly have not watched a whole lot outside of um, podcast prep. And there's one movie I watched that I, I didn't really care for, so I don't want to talk about it. Cool. But, um, that's nice of you, man. I, I, I think that's the way to go with things. <laughs> you don't like something. I'm yeah. Like, I'm not going to say it's bad because somebody worked really hard <laughs> on that. You know? so, right. Yeah. So. Um, but I did stay up way too late, uh, last, last night? Yeah, no, the night before because of the Resident Evil 3 launch. Hell yes! Um, nice. The Resident Evil 3 remake, uh, and I played that for a couple hours, um, and before I just, like, collapsed and fell asleep, but, um, it, uh, it's, it's really good. Are you guys gamers at all? I'm a huge gamer. I play all the time. I'm still playing, like, right now, though, I'm still, like, moseying around Red Dead Redemption 2, like... <laughs> Oh yeah, <laughs> he's fishing every day. Yeah, I, I'm just pretending <laughs> to be a cowboy all the time. But but I used to. I haven't played the remakes of Resident Evil yet. I played the last Resident Evil all the way through. The I think that was seven. Seven. Yeah. Oh, oh I love seven. seven. Yeah. Weird side note is that's how we found our sound designer for the Wretched because I just looked up. I'm like, man, whoever did the sound in this is really creepy. I looked him up online. And I Facebooked. I'm like, hey man, can you work on our movie? And he agreed. Holy shit! Oh my god. Yeah, we, that's amazing. Thanks, social media. <laughs> we didn't re- we didn't realize at the time we didn't look up his IMDb credits. We just hit him up, and he he was working on like, I mean, I think Hobbs and Shaw, and then Frozen oh, wow. Two. Like he was a legit like A list film designer. Aquaman. He'd done Conjuring Two, and he did our. Oh, oh. Yeah, so we gave him a Braveheart speech about you know our passion in making <laughs> this movie, and somehow got him. <laughs> But he was just excited that I, I was such a fan of his, like, Resident Evil 7 work. He got really excited. <laughs> I think that's why he did our movie. So. He's probably like, oh, thank you for recognizing my video game work. Yeah, he yeah. killed it, though. I mean, it, it's such a big deal to have a good sound design in a horror movie. It can totally change yes. the oh way gosh. a scene feels. It's 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 nuts. So how is Resident Evil 3 remake, is it? Um, So, you know, it's it's like... It's kind of like my least favorite of, of the series. Like one, well, up until, okay. It's up until like the five and six where things got a little ridiculous. <laughs> it was always been my least favorite because it was, it's so short and all that's get, getting a lot of critiques now. Cause I think you can like beat it in like four hours. Yeah. Cause it was, it was, it was short when it came out in 99. I remember being disappointed when that, when that originally came out. Yeah. Um, but I'll tell you what, the production design behind it is, is fantastic. It's, it's, it's creepy as hell. Uh, the nemesis is is still intense oh, as ever. Cool. It's just I I know that I'm already probably pretty close to the end after playing it <laughs> like one session. It's, I love one, two, three, and well, three I liked. I was kind of like you. It's like I enjoyed three, but it wasn't my favorite. One, two, and four were awesome. I skipped five and six just because everybody told me they were bad, and then yeah. I jumped back into seven. But well, and I, I think that's also part of the problem is that you last year you released Resident Evil Two, which is probably one of the probably my favorite of the resident evil games and it's because it's so it's so big it was so game-changing in terms of what they were able to do and the branching storylines and everything and that remake was just it's perfection and so you come (laughs) from that to resident evil 3 and it's it's sort of like how i felt going from resident evil 2 to resident evil 3 back in the day yeah so um but it's it's fun i'm usually the bigger gamer out of the two of us but uh the the first two resident evils i just watched brett play (laughs) oh yeah like a whole watching a horror movie yes 
Uh, I love watching people play horror. Games. I love it's, it. It's, yeah. it's, it's fun. Me too. I used to play PT. But you guys play PT? You ever play that the sample? Oh yeah. I didn't play I'm so it. Sad I just that... watched a lot of people play it. Oh my god, it's the best. I downloaded the night that they were, they talked about it, and I thought it was still on my my PlayStation. And when they took it off, I realized that I had deleted it because PlayStation Space is a premium, and so I don't have it anymore. But yeah. I did love that. Yeah. I remember I let somebody play it in my place and I just, I had already played through it and, you know, scared the shit out of myself. And like, I had all the lights off and they're playing it. And like, it, to the point where like they spun around and they saw the, you know, creepy woman ghost behind them. Oh, yeah, yeah. They just like launched the controller over their head and they hit the window <laughs> and it's like, oh! <laughs> I was like, oh, I can't wait for this whole game to come out. And then it never came I know. Out. Yeah, it's a bummer. Stupid Konami. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh,. All right, but yeah, that's that's pretty much all I've been doing at that, and uh, still making my town an Animal Crossing. Hell yeah! <laughs> <laughs> uh, trying to make it as horror as horrible as possible. So much horror stuff in it, but yeah, that that's about it. What about you, Mary Beth? I watched As Above, So Below. Oh yeah, I saw and that. holy shit, I am obsessed with it. Um, yeah, yeah. I tweeted about it last night, and like it blew up. I, all I said was, As Above, So Below is really good. Wow. And like 400 people liked it. And I was like, I don't understand what happened. I didn't know there was such like love for this movie, but I hadn't watched it before. I had heard from people it was really good, but like, you know, found footage movies can be kind of hit or miss, but it was like a chef's kiss. Like, um, it was this fascinating portrayal of hell and it like there was some speaking of really good jump scares, there were a couple really well executed jump scares and like I don't think it leaned too heavily into being like constantly trying to freak you out with like things in the background, things jumping out at you that happens in a lot of found footage. And it had a, this claustrophobia to it, like the descent. It's very similar to that in terms of them like crawling through tunnels and being trapped underground. And so I absolutely loved it. Um I want more movies about alchemy now because it's about like alchemy and the finding the philosopher's stone and it was fascinating oh, cool yeah it's on netflix if you guys it's like oh totally check that out yeah. it's an hour and a half it's on netflix it's a really good watch um my boyfriend and i watched it last night on a whim and we were really glad we watched it so that i know it's not new but like underrated gem everybody please go watch as above so below it's really really good I agree, and I'm I'm not usually a found footage fan. Like that is not my my go to uh, subgenre. But um, I did I enjoyed that one. I completely agree. It's very claustrophobic. It has it does some really interesting things with with like presenting hell and yeah. I I think it's a good movie. Yeah, and I do recommend. I it. I have a soft spot for found footage horror. I know it's mm-hmm. not always great, but I really like. I th- I think it's a really fascinating way of like pushing the boundaries of like camera as apparatus but that's also like very like academic and bougie um but <laughs> i really like what the people can do and like what, like experimenting with that kind of genre yeah we love it too kind of down on it all the time but i'm like it's because some people have made some really good ones and then a lot of people do bad knockoffs and it's just because there's too many yeah it's not because it's like a bad way to make a film it's just like right. it's like anything it's like you know zombies are, have been huge the last 10 years did we get all good zombie movies. No, we got a lot of bad ones and we got some <laughs> really good ones in there, you know? But it's like, that doesn't mean all zombie movies are bad, you know? <laughs> so it's just, just, just too many of them. That's all. So it's... Another good found footage movie is called The Borderlands. I don't know that one either. Mm. That one's really um, fucked up, to put it lightly. The ending is really fucked up. Um, and it 
well, I guess like horror people, like we like that kind of stuff, but yeah. it's about a church, like a haunted church and trying to figure out what's going on in this haunted church. And it's real weird. It has like one of those movies that has like a ghost, like a ghost show feel, but a little bit less cheesy. And the ending I think is worth the payoff. It's just like really weird. So it's another good one. One of my yeah. favorites is uh, Gonjiam. Haunted I Asylum. haven't watched that yet. I want to watch oh it this gosh, weekend. I feel like I'm so like missing a ton of stuff. Maybe I, I know. I thought it was all cut up. <laughs> some of my streaming services everything. have like the be- the worst like art or poster for them. So sometimes I like skip over them because I'm like, that looks like a terrible poster, which is probably not the best way to like judge stuff. You know? No, I've done that before. The Borderlands poster oh, yeah. is not very good. I will admit, um, it looks really cheesy, but the movie is not. But the the poster, it's like. It's not the best design thing I've ever seen, and so it was a movie that I actually had passed over before because of the poster. But <laughs> I saw someone on one of like the horror movie subreddits recommending it, and so I thought, eh, why not? And it was worth it. So, okay. yeah. Um, what have you, the Brett? What have you been watching? I'll just pick one of you. So. <laughs> <laughs> I've been watching like every documentary that's on YouTube about the making of Halloween. Oh, oh. probably watched like eight or ten of them. Oh my god! <laughs> I don't know why. I just—I obs- mean, I love that movie and obsess <laughs> over it, and I just like—I can't get enough of watching like, you know, Jamie Lee Curtis and John Carpenter and Dean Cundey and all these people talk about making Halloween. I don't <laughs> don't know why, but it's a—it's a weird obsession, but I love it. I don't know. I've been going through those, and then I um—I plowed through the show called Evil that's like on CBS or something. Um, oh, I've saw ads for that. I when I was actually pretty interested in watching it. Yeah, yeah, it's it's kind of like you know, it's kind of like a guilty pleasure because I kind of love that it, the type of horror that it's kind of you know mining, and it gives me kind of the X Files vibe that I've missed for a really long time. Okay, it can steer into be feeling a little cheesy sometimes, but I, I've stuck with it, and it's it's been fun. I don't know if it's like great. But it's definitely something that I'm going to keep watching for a little bit more to see if it kind of just keeps going in a good direction. But cool, been my stuff lately, and then yeah, yeah, and then yeah, just, yeah. I, I, re- I watched Daniel isn't real last night, which was pretty cool. Oh my god, oh, I, I love, love that, that movie. movie. Cool flick. So <laughs> we talked to him, Adam, about that movie just a couple weeks oh, ago. Yeah, um, cool. we met yeah. Adam out at Fright Fest. He's a he's a really nice fella, and and I felt bad because we didn't see his movie there because we had another friend whose movie was screening at the same time. And, oh. and he had been, my friend had for months been like, you gotta come to my screening, man, you gotta come. And Adam was like, you gotta come to my screening. I'm like, man, dude, I, I promised him I would go. I, I can't, I have to go. I've been telling him for like three months I would go to his movie. So so I finally watched it. So, <laughs> And it's very good. So. It's a good one. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Drew, what have you been watching? I have been watching Devs. Oh my God, Drew. Oh yeah. Talk to me about Devs. I'm obsessed with Devs. Oh, it's amazing. <laughs> I'm, I'm so only- into it <laughs> i'm only four episodes in i think there's like yeah. seven or eight but i ex machina was one of my favorite movies yes. of the last decade yes. i absolutely love that movie and it's cool to have something that's like the same flavor yes it's the it's just the coolest unfolding mystery uh i love nick offerman as playing a dramatic role right we've always been a huge fan of him for a while brett brett was even with the wretched he was like maybe we can get nick offerman to be the dad what do you think oh my god that would have been so good (laughs) (laughs) um but uh yeah it's uh yeah i just love that show i don't there's it's kind of hard to talk about without i don't even think you want to spoil anything with that show it's just such a great unfolding mystery yeah 
if you love Ex Machina, if that's your bag, like definitely check it out. It's probably my favorite show. I've, I mean, I'm only four episodes in, but it's my favorite show I've seen in the last couple of years, too. Yeah, I would agree with that. The other thing that I've been watching a bit of, and I just love the tone of it, is that uh, sh- that horror show, Marianne. Have you guys seen this? Yes. Oh, yes. It's, Marianne. Uh, so, like, it, you know, I, I'm near the end of it. The, the story, and sometimes the best horror stories are this. I don't know if it's going to pay off <laughs> Yeah, Like, it doesn't feel like it's going to. Yeah. But there's something so disturbing about it. And the, the main, the, the older woman who's sort of possessed. She's She's so creepy. Um, But yeah, those are are my two two picks right now. Cool. (laughs) Oh, Devs is so good. We're catching up on it tonight. Like my boyfriend and I have a plan to like sit down and catch up on the episodes of Devs because we're so into it. But it's like also pretty dark. So we're like, that's why I've been I've been waiting weeks trying to get my wife to watch it with me, and (laughs) I've just given up. (laughs) So I dove in the last couple days. Um, I need to give it a shot. You should. It's really good. It's on Hulu. Um, yeah. It's just like, I think it's really good. It's like very Alex Garland. It's like weird and creepy and just has like an amazing Alex Garland vibe to it. So if you like mm-hmm. him, like Drew said, it's worthwhile. Yeah. I watched only the first episode and I really, really liked it. And I'm having the same hard convince of the girlfriend because she liked it. <laughs> so she's like, every time we're like, hey, you want to watch the next devs? And it's kind of like. Yeah, maybe something a little lighter. I'm like, oh, I want to watch that show. <laughs> no, <laughs> no levity. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so now we've talked about what we've been watching recently, but let's talk about the movie that you guys brought with you today. What are we discussing, Brett and Drew? Evil Dead 2, the, the scariest movie that was in our VHS collection when we were little kids that we, <laughs> we were afraid of for years and years and years. So. Awesome. <laughs> Four years ago, in this quiet forest, in this cozy cabin, something happened. Something so frightening. Something so deadly. Something so evil. We prayed it would never happen again. From the creator of Evil Dead comes Evil Dead 2. For those of you who have not seen The Evil Dead 2 or it's been a long time, let's just give you a little bit of catch up. Um, Ashley Williams, played by the handsome Bruce Campbell, so handsome. <laughs> travels to a secluded cabin in the woods with his girlfriend, Linda, where they find a tape recording of a professor and a book of evil. This unleashes a bunch of evil spirits that constantly terrorize Ash. Meanwhile, a journalist comes to the area to study the book of evil. Ash and her end up having to survive this storm of evil until morning comes. 
So, how old were you guys when you first saw The Evil Dead 2? I think I was, like, probably 13, and Drew was probably, like, 11. Okay. Yeah, we had this weird thing where my dad, (laughs) my dad did, like, he was a, after doing special effects for Evil Dead, he became the guy that, like, transferred movies to VHS for companies. Like, he transferred... Oh, wow. Yeah, he did the first transfers of the Star Wars movies to VHS. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, so we were kids, but, so we had a giant, we were, like, the poor kids in Detroit, but we had, like, a giant VHS collection, and Evil Dead 2 was in there. Like, I don't know where he got it from. Like, it was a taped-over recording or something. But, like, we because of our experience of growing up around Evil Dead, we were so terrified to watch it, so we would open the cabinet and be like, should we watch it now? It's like, no, 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 let's, let's watch Return of the Jedi again. <laughs> 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 we eventually worked ourselves up to watching it. And it just scared the crap out of us. And just, yeah, the the comedy was definitely lost on us at that age. <laughs> it was full on <laughs> horror at that point. We were, <laughs> yeah, we were just like, this is terrifying. And we would then, then we'd get excited though. We're like, let's invite our friends that probably shouldn't watch this movie because they're all like nine to like thirteen years old to watch the movie. So we'd all start watching it at my mom's house and just like yeah, just you know screwing ourselves up so bad. <laughs> so it was. It was it was kind of like the Dare movie for us as kids. Like we dared to watch it all the time. So it was cool. Do you, do you remember in particular uh, what what scenes like terrified you as a kid, or what like stuck with you? I know, Drew. Do you know which ones bugged you, man? God, I think I mean every scene. The one that that I think just it, it that movie feels more like a nightmare, like a weird fever dream, than any <laughs> other movie I've ever seen. Like you feel like you're on drugs when you watch it, and yeah. at the time we had never tried any drugs. <laughs> so it's like a new experience in so many ways. The thing that I, I, it's weird, but there's so many scenes that stick with me. But one of the ones that just, I, it was so bonkers was, uh, when all the taxidermy and the animals, the, everything in the room, the lamp, everything yes! starts laughing with him. <laughs> And you're in this, like, you're in this moment where you're just so horrified because he's just, you know, chopped his girlfriend's head off and, and been wrestling with her and he's all freaked out. And then all of a sudden the, the room just starts laughing at him and you're just, it, it totally is this moment you just feel so off balance. You're like, this movie can do anything. And there's, there's a quality that we love in movies is that, that there's so many movies and I think we've all watched so many. <laughs> so many movies at this point that we like always can kind of see the general direction. Like we, we know how structure sort of plays out. So you kind of know where a movie's going mm-hmm. and evil dead too. I, mean, I was also so young. I definitely had no idea where any scene or any moment could possibly go at that point. Like <laughs> I'm like, the room is laughing. Like, this doesn't feel every scene in that movie just feels like a complete left turn to me. Yeah. I think you for know? me, like the things that really screwed me up was like, it's a weird part, too, because it's not a crazy part, but it's after Ash gets, like, thrown through the woods by the demonic spirit, and he crashes into this, like, pool of water, and he looks demonic, and then he kind of recovers and stands up, and the camera just does this 360, where it just looks at the woods and comes back to him, and it's it's quiet, except for the sound of the woods. And I think because all the manic stuff before that, the silence of it scared the shit out of me, just because I was like, oh. I was so anticipating like what's going to happen next, and actually nothing happens right at that point. You know? Yeah, yeah. You talk about like 
sound design in movies and the sound design in this is just it's overwhelming it's, it's like, like an a oral cartoon. assault yeah, yeah. Sam tunes. Raimi he's like the master and I don't know anybody that's ever done it to this extent is like he loves to really slow things down and really ramp things up yeah. and when he does ramp things up he goes for like the most absurd sound effects like there's there's like <laughs> I think there's a scene where there's like monkey sound effects yes. over like yeah the- <laughs> when Henrietta's like head uh, goes up. Yeah, like my my I I usually watch things with subtitles just because it's easier for me. And it's it said monkey like screams. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I mean, all right, that's exactly what's happening. Yeah, <laughs> I actually made a yes. note of that, too, because um, <laughs> there's I, I had the uh, the closed captioning on, too, so I could take notes. And uh, <laughs> when the hand is going possessed, it's it's like hand is mewling. <laughs> It's like the little <laughs> sound descriptor, and I'm like a mewling hand. The mewling continues. I'm like that is that is a perfect way to describe it, but that's hilarious. That's cool. Uh, yeah. but, you know, I love I love the scene where the room just starts laughing because I it's it kind of I, I wanted to go back to this because it kind of taps into this like almost Lovecraftian feel of like there yeah. is things going on in this world that you have no idea what is real what is what is insanity and it doesn't play by the rules and so at this it, this whole movie doesn't play by any sort of rules i mean you have like the beginning of the movie starts off with basically a one man show and then they add more people whereas like in the first evil dead it's like you have a whole group of people and then it ends up being one person so like the the structure is all different the rules are thrown out everything and this scene with the bobbing lamp and he just kind of gives in and starts like doing his little bob up and down with the lamp cackling maniacally is it's it's just like it's perfect i think you're hitting on (laughs) something too is like sort of you know there's not a ton of like character arc in all of the evil dead movies but there is in, in this it almost feels like bruce campbell is sort of uh coming to terms with being insane Right. Yeah. Like, yeah, and that's sort of like a big turning point is it he looks and the room starts laughing and then he just is like, I'm going to it's his first step towards embracing how crazy this is. And he starts laughing and then he does the little dance, the dance off with the lamp. <laughs> yes. And it feels like, oh, if I embrace this, maybe maybe I'm going to play in this world. You know, it's the only way to survive cool is to embrace it. the madness. It always <laughs> feels so weird when the, the others show up like the redneck and his girlfriend and stuff. Because they show up, and, and I kind of, like, even though I've been through that whole movie with him to that point, you're kind of like, wait, is he crazy? Because they seem right. pretty with it, and I know he's been, I've been watching all this crazy shit happen, but I kind of get where they're coming from, and maybe he's just nuts, you know? It's, it's just, I don't know, it's so cool. That yeah. There's no movie that, and, like, has this tone. Like, nobody else no. has even gotten close to it. I mean, I, I hear comparisons sometimes, and you'll see a little bit of something, but it's just like, this is, like, the best one-night horror movie i don't know i love it yeah well and there's even a scene like kind of tying into is he crazy um i love the scene after he's chopped up his girlfriend and he's in the house and he looks in the mirror and he's like it's fine we're gonna be fine and his (laughs) reflection is like i don't think so we just cut up our girlfriend with a chainsaw 
Does that sound fine? Uh, we just killed our girlfriend. I don't think any of this is fine. <laughs> it's this really hilarious moment. Like, it's kind of creepy. And the way the camera films where it's like he's getting choked and then it pulls back and then he's choking himself. Like, I just, I, I love that. That was where I was like, oh, there, this, this kind of very playful with like, is he going insane or is it, is it real? Yeah. yeah. And it's kind of one of the things I'm so impressed now, I guess more after like making two movies is this movie is so much action, so much effects, so many tricky camera moves, just so yes. much crazy stuff that I'm like, we just went through making our movie. It was so difficult and we have some special effects. We have some action. We have, you know, location changes. All these things make it hard. And I'm just, I watch this movie and I go like, how did they do this on a low budget? Every mm-hmm. shot is hard. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just like, how this is, this movie is a hard movie to make. If a studio was saying, Hey, here's $20 million. Go make, I just, I'm just floored by it. You know, it's just like, it's something to shoot for, for anybody because it's just, it's insanely like, just like insanely ambitious, you know, it's, it gets it. I don't know. It's amazing. So. Yeah. Cause I, I rewatched it actually this morning just to have like my memory refreshed. And I was one Bruce Campbell deserves so much more attention than he, than he ever got. <laughs> yeah. Like he was, his performance was amazing. It's like slapstick and rage and insanity. And it's just this amazing, ridiculous, like he's alone for so much of his film yeah. and he does such an amazing job. <clears throat> And then the, some of the sh- like the POV shots, especially when um, the camera is like chasing Ash through the house. Yeah, that's amazing. It's so and amazing. And it's through all those tight corridors with those pipes. Like, how are they not like killing themselves? Like, even the cameraman following along. It's uh, ridiculous. It's so impressive. And I like I didn't remember that part. And when I had first seen it, I don't think I had appreciate. I was appreciating like the mad like the camera work magic that went into that, and I was just like, today I was watching it, and my jaw almost drops. Like this is absolutely insane, and how hard that must have been, but also how like much it adds to the film that it's like you're in the perspective of the force that is running after him, and it's so cool. Yeah, I think there's part of us that's so jealous of. <laughs> like, I feel like you have to almost be irresponsible to make a movie like that because there's so many things. <laughs> Like we, you know, us shooting the wretched, like there's, you know, you're always making little, little consents as far as like, what can we get away with? Like, you know, we, we, we wanted to have like a scene at like a campfire and we're like, oh, well, we can't afford to have a fire department truck here and all that. Like, I guess we'll just make, you know, a bunch of glowy lights around. Like, <laughs> and yeah. I feel like when they were making Evil Dead, they're like. Yeah, fuck it. Just run through the house, slam some doors in my face, you know? Like, Literally punch their doors. It's fine. Like, he's like a wrecking ball on that set. Like, it's like, I was just watching it again, paying attention to the set and being like, I guess they were just like, hey, just like start punching shit. Yeah. And just like throwing things around and snapping them in half. Like, nothing was sacred in that movie in terms of like props. Yeah. And all of Bruce Campbell's like falls in that movie. Like, he's constantly falling like 10 feet and just, it looks so dangerous like he's gonna break an ankle every time like he falls down into the basement for that henrietta bit and you they and he falls at the end of the movie with the big sort of reveal of him in the future and all these i'm just like this does not look safe there's no pads (laughs) (laughs) well yeah and like the fall i was thinking about too was when the um linda's hand head is biting his hand and he's like work shed and he goes to the work shed and like throws himself the wrong direction and then runs to the work shed he's like flailing around with his head just like attached to his hand (laughs) 
just running around like that. And that's why I like thought about slapstick, just because it was such an exaggerated way of him moving around and throwing his body. It was so interesting. Oh, it's the best. Yeah. 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 The, the, the craziest thing is like a year and a half ago, two, two, no, probably like two, three years ago, I was working on the shoot for like a day. And I talked to this guy and he was a gaffer or something on Evil Dead 2. And oh, I was so excited. I was like, hey, man, like, what was it like? Oh, man, it's such an amazing movie, blah, blah. And he just like frowned and he's like, we all quit after 10 days. And then they had to replace all that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Well, it's because it was such a hard shoot. And like, the one thing Drew and I admire so much about Sam Raimi is, I mean, this is not a knock on him because I envy him for it. He always shoots way longer than planned. Like, it's most like, if it's supposed yeah. to be a 60 day shoot, he shoots for eight months, you know, <laughs> kind of type thing. But he, he shoots and shoots and shoots till he gets what he loves or what he's just feeling for the scene so hard until he feels like he's got it. And I think, like, on Evil Dead 2, I think he just pushed those guys for, like, what he knew he needed. And some of them visually like, man, I'm out of here. <laughs> <You Yeah. know? laughs> well, speaking of that, like, uh, Henrietta, played by Ted Raimi, um, and apparently a costume that was so hot that, like, <laughs> it was, f- he was overheating and the, the costume was filled with liters of sweat. And I guess Greg Gregory Nicotero described pouring the, the sweat into several Dixie cups <gasps> so that he could get it <gasps> out of the costume. <gasps> <laughs> and <laughs> I guess even in the scene where like uh where Henrietta spins oh around God. over Annie's head that like you can if you look you can actually see it dripping out of it the costume's ear like the sweat oh. is oh, just stop oh that's repulsive <laughs> oh, it's so disgusting. You, you talk about like the the working conditions I can't I can't even imagine we had a little taste of that with our first movie we had the first movie we made was called the Deadheads mm-hmm. it's just like mm-hmm. road trip zombie comedy and we had this gag where there'd be like 20 people in radiation suits, like full on radiation suits, like these big plastic bubbles. And they it was 100 degrees out in Michigan when we were shooting. So Oof. it was the same exact thing. People would just get like a whole glass full of sweat in the base of their foot by the end of the day. Oh, and these things just reeked. We'd have to turn them outside, <laughs> you know, inside out and hose down like. 20, 30 radiation suits every night. Our mom was like scrubbing them with a scrub brush and then we'd do it again the next day. What a good mom. Man, the, be- the best part is my dad walked up to me one time because we always made our dad wear one for background. But he walked up to me and I just hear like this gross little fart noise. And I'm like, Dad, that's disgusting. He's like, well, it smells better than what it smells like in here. <laughs> I was like, fair enough. It's all right. Yeah. <laughs> Terry, how old were you when you first saw this movie? You know, here's the thing. I don't remember. Okay. I I think I saw these movies kind of out of order. I saw the first one when I was a kid and um, it it traumatized me. But I didn't. I saw I think I saw Army of Darkness um, sometime in like eighth grade or maybe I was a freshman in, in high school. And I was so confused because Evil Dead 1 did not end with ash with a chainsaw on his hand getting sucked into a portal and i was like what is going on here then i watched evil dead 2 afterwards and i was like this i hated it i'm gonna be perfectly Mm -hmm. honest when i saw it i hated it oh interesting i didn't i wasn't like into the the comedic aspect of it i was like this is just stupid because like i remember there was a couple movies that were like touted as being like oh the most terrifying movies ever and it was like 
in my school, it was this movie, and it was also um, that Peter Jackson film, Dead Alive. Or oh uh, yeah, yeah. We're like, and I would watch them, and I'm like, this is this is not scary. This is this is dumb. And so I always this used to be my my least favorite of any of the Evil Dead movies until huh. this viewing, and I absolutely oh, loved it. I, I'm yay. a convert. I have come around on this film, unlike some other films we've discussed. I love this film so much. Oh my gosh, yay. Okay, good. Yeah. What about you, Mary Beth? How old were you? I was in college, actually. Um, my boyfriend, who I live with now, um, was is really in, like really loves Evil Dead, and I had never seen it, and he said, oh, let's watch them. So we watched the first and second one back to back, and I was obsessed. Like, yeah. we watched The Army of Darkness like a couple weeks later, but like... I absolutely fell in love with this movie and it's like one of the first things we watched together as a couple and it's it was kind of sweet <laughs> you know watching creepy horror movies together. I love that. But I absolutely loved it um because I had seen the co- the cover with like the skull with the human eyes. Yep. I had seen that my, I think my gra- my grandpa on my dad's side had a copy of it the VHS and I got terrified like, like you guys I got terrified of it and I didn't realize it was funny. I thought it was just like fucked up because of that just mm-hmm. that skull and so that hatched an imprint in my head and so i watched the evil and i watched it I'm like oh that was amazing and then i saw the cover and i thought oh this is the movie that's been haunting me since my childhood okay that <laughs> like the cover does not translate that very well um but yeah i absolutely loved it and like you know we went we, we watched the evil dead quite a bit and we're like a big evil dead household so it's nice. absolutely like it's just we watched it this morning and i was like god this movie is just so fucking good it's so funny <laughs> it's so creepy and henrietta part still freaks me out henrietta her, it's the scariest part to me like i have never i saw this at, at, in college so i wasn't really scared but the henrietta part definitely was the grossest and the freakiest to me that wasn't like kind of funny just like and especially when she comes out and you see her whole body it like kind of reminds me of the dead woman from The Shining when she comes yeah. out of the bathtub, but like yeah. much worse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Henrietta's design is quite, quite horrifying. That's so freaky to me. <laughs> <laughs> um, have you guys seen the new Evil Dead though? Yeah, I actually yeah. just rewatched it like a month ago because I hadn't seen it since it came out in the theater, um, and I. When I first saw it, I thought it was okay, and I actually liked it better the second time I watched it. Um, yeah, yeah, it, 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 it. yeah. The, it, you know, it's it's one of these movies that like I think grew on me. It's just it's so hard to make a remake, and I feel for anybody that makes one. And yeah, but you, it's pretty cool, actually. To, yeah, yeah. You, you, they, everybody wants you to kind of repeat what was great about the first one, but the only way to really succeed is to do something completely new at the same time. Yeah, yeah. But, but, uh, but but it's kind of cool. They just like it kind of like paid off on the promise of I think what they wanted for the original Evil Dead is they just wanted to make a really mean horror movie. Yeah. So that's what's kind of cool about it is it's, it's its own like like it's it's kind of like if these guys had money back in the day to do have a bigger budget and accomplish things a little more the way they wanted this is probably closer to the movie they would have made I think. Yeah. And Fed Alvarez is super like his vi- he visually he's he's amazing yes. man he's awesome yeah oh beautiful and I was just so I was so impressed by it watching it again where I'm kind of like man did I just judge this movie badly because I love the other one so much and I think I did because it I really kind of came around to it after seeing it this time so I feel like I feel I mean if there is a criticism of it for for me I like I love a lot of the sequences I don't love 
the characters enough to really care when they get hurt. Um, mm. But somehow I, I feel for Bruce the entire movie through all the other ones. Um, I love yeah. her though. She's really good. Uh, I, I'm blanking yeah, on her baby. name. She's great. Just, yeah. Jane, Jane Levy. Yeah, Jane she's Levy. amazing in that. Movie. She's for great. some reason I'm not invested in the like drug rehabilitation sort of plot line, and it okay. doesn't feel like that is enough. I don't know. For some reason, I just don't give a shit. <laughs> yeah, I like the visuals. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But there's some good stuff. I mean, there's a few things that you know. This is Drew and I being picky because Drew and I were always like. Someday we're gonna grab Evil Dead and remake the shit out of it. <laughs> <laughs> and we were never considered, so it's fine. But um, yeah. but it's it's partially just a little bit of jealousy. <laughs> but but we Valid. love it, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> Terry, what did you think of it? I it's my favorite of them. <laughs> wow, Hell yeah. I love it more than any of the other ones. And I mean, on the second watch of two, I I might be changing my opinion, but, but yeah, I I love it. I love. I, it, yeah. it came at a time where a lot of horror movies felt really safe, and I just loved how go for broke in the in the horror aspect of it it was and it was so so bloody and so violent and the unrated cut is even even better yes um, so oh i haven't seen the unrated cut yeah, yeah they yeah they it. they released it like on blue like like they had hinted about it hinted about it and then they released it on blu-ray like a couple years ago and then it finally came to streaming um as the director's uh, unrated cut like last year i think if you order it on itunes you get both the 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 director's cut and the the original um okay. um but it's um it's it adds like a few extra minutes but it's it adds a whole lot more of uh nastiness that's really good <laughs> yeah i actually i just connected these two memories together just now like so i watched the evil dead and the evil dead 2 with my boyfriend because he wanted to see the new one in theaters um so we watched them he's like well, we have to watch the originals before we go see it in theaters because you haven't seen them so we watched those and then pretty soon after we saw the new one and he was so into the new like he really liked the new one and i liked it even not as like a big evil dead fan i was so into like the gore and the practical effects and i i have revisited it revisited it recently and man it's to me it still holds up yeah i love it yeah it's, it's definitely one that kind of like got raised up a lot for me just like two months ago when I watched it again. I'm kind of like, yeah. I, I literally was like, why don't I, why didn't I like this movie as much, you know? And, and now I'm kind of like, I'm going to keep watching this. And even like the funny thing watching it now is the muse, the, the score is fantastic. It is. When we were cutting together the wretched, I used a lot of that score to temp it when we were doing the edit. Oh, wow. oh interesting. Oh, cool. Cause I don't know. And you know, I not, I didn't even know that score that well. And I started listening to it on Spotify. I'm like, Hey, let's grab this track and edit this scene with it and stuff. So, yeah, I just have like a newfound respect for it. I hope they get that second one off the ground they've been talking about for a long time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, going back to Evil Dead 2, I, I I love some of the little there's like a lot of little things that I I really dug. Like when when they're when they dig into the book and they talk about how this guy was prophesized to destroy the evil and Bruce Campbell or Ash is like, well, he didn't do a very good job. And of course, it's him. You know, it's like a, <laughs> a joke that he's going to go back in time. And I just loved it. That was the first time I picked it up this time was when he's like, it didn't do a very good job. Um, or like when when he's knocked out and his hand that his mewling hand is like dragging him across the floor to oh, go so for the good. cleaver. Oh, so <laughs> or the That's fact right. who's fact. laughing now right who's <laughs> laughing now and then he throws the book farewell to arms <laughs> yes oh my god i saw that oh, i recognized it the, the time and i was dying uh, 
<laughs> There's just so many little things like that, or the the eyeball exploding out of Henrietta's mouth and oh. going into, uh, I think it was Bobby Joe's mouth. Bobby Joe, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, and there's a lot of that's the other thing that I love about Evil Dead too is I guess they're trying to get a like a better rating, like a rated R. Oh yeah, rating for Evil Dead too. So they they ended up not being rated anyway, but they they basically toned down a lot of the gore by doing like shadow play and uh, like the blood squirting on his face in that moment you're talking about where he crawls across and he chainsaws his arm off. Oh Instead yeah, of showing the hand get cut off, which they probably would have done if they would have made it previously, but. They, you know, they just show his face with all the blood just splattering all over. And that's why you get these big, you know, sort of blood bursts like coming out of the walls and stuff. It was all in an attempt to not show actual like body mutilation, but to show the result of it. Yeah. And for some reason, it makes it so much scarier. It does. Yeah. I think that's just had such an influence on us our entire lives. And it was it wasn't necessarily their creative choice. It was more just out of like necessity. Necessity. How do we, you know get this rating down well the other thing speaking of rating that i i I saw when i was doing some digging is that apparently the the reason why there's different colored blood is that they thought that that would help with the rating oh yeah and so that's why like some of the blood blood is green and kind of black and everything Ah. is that they thought because it's not going to be red that maybe they'll they'll allow it because it can be called goo or something right and of course i think that just plays into like the schizophrenic quality of the whole movie yeah (laughs) like what's what's this about (laughs) yeah i just i just love that it does not play by any rules it just goes completely for broke um and it just embraces that that madness in both filmmaking and the intent of of what they're going for what's crazy is they wanted to make uh evil dead 3 for like they wanted to make ash goes back in time they wanted right. they, yes. they were calling it medieval dead at the time and like the producer was like that's too expensive just make the same movie over again <laughs> and i'm so glad he made them do that yeah i I love this movie so it's yeah it's it's so funny and we have such a soft spot too because we you know we've we've known bruce has been like a family friend of ours bruce campbell for since we were kids um so every so many years we go grab like (laughs) dinner with him or something but he's the one um when we were living back in michigan making our small little movies out of high school uh we we he was in town because he was living out here at the time and we grabbed dinner with him and we were pretty comfortable just like making a movie every summer with our friends, like really low budget. And he he encouraged us. He's the one that said, you have to move to L.A. if you want a career in this. Yes. And then he, he slammed well, actually, his- he gave us a he gave us a copy of his book. If Chins could kill. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I have that book signed by him. It's great. And then he slammed yeah. his fist on the table and he's like, because we were like, oh, we got this script, but we're kind of waiting on. We might move to L.A. And he's like. Time waits for no man. (laughs) So it was the best Bruce Campbell speech we could have ever gotten. So we totally owe our entire careers to him. That's, wait, that's amazing. Do you guys, are you guys still in in contact with him? Yeah, actually, I I just emailed him like uh, a couple weeks ago to send him the movie. But we just had dinner with him like eight months ago or something. But he, that's uh, amazing. Yeah, it's always fun. Yeah, we made this really terrible horror movie called Dead Undead with like, five of our buddies that we shot in three days around our high school days and like we wanted a quote for it because we were going to go try and sell it um, <laughs> and I over and watched it in my buddy's little crappy apartment and it's not a good movie we made it for three grand it's fun it's cheesy and he watched it and like on the way out our buddy who worked on it with us is chasing us like first first can we get a quote and he just turned around and goes okay you want a quote here's a quote it didn't suck as much as I thought it would <laughs> <laughs> and then he, he left and then he actually signed off on that quote we ended up 
that song into like Germany for like ten grand or something. But on the poster, oh, shit. Like, Bruce Campbell it didn't suck as much as I thought. <laughs> so, Thanks, oh, Bruce. God. That's amazing. <laughs> That's <laughs> <laughs> so, Mary Beth. Um, how many groovies out of five would you give this movie? I would give it five groovies out of five. Oh yeah. Um, I just, I was in a funk today and I watched it and it just like cheered me up immediately and I have such fun memories of it. I think it is such a batshit crazy unique thing and I think it is just a very important piece of horror cinema and also just a very fun, entertaining and creative way to make a horror film. So that is the rating I give it. What about you, Terry? How many groovies out of five? So... When Terry was young and dumb, um, he would have probably given this a, like a two because uh, he did not understand humor. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I, watching this this week between Ash is so incredibly sexy in this movie. Um, oh, my God. Especially it's with like his, his tattered shirt. He has a little bit of a hairy <laughs> chest, some abs, his nice biceps. I was like, I'm really working for this. I... <laughs> I love, I love him. I love the inventiveness. I love that the, the camera work is so stylish, but it actually ties into the narrative because it's, it's not just there to be stylish. It is stylish, but it's there because it's actually a character moving through the, the sets. I love the kind of gung ho, gonzo filmmaking of just throwing everything in and taking like left turns where you're expecting it to take, take right. I just, I think. I think this movie is fantastic. I'm really glad that I was able to revisit it and completely change my opinion on it. It's it's five groovies if if I can't give it more. I love this movie. Uh what about you, Brett? Uh it's it's five groovies. I mean, it's been so influential on me in so many different ways just because of growing up around those guys a little bit, but just loving the movie to death and inspiring me that movies can be kind of gonzo crazy and weird that that like inspires me to try to like push my limits with stuff that we can do you know but um yeah i, I mean it's just it's had such a huge impact on me it, it guess what you know it's funny you're talking about bruce being uh so sexy and attractive my mom always talks about like when he first came in to, my mom first met him when they're making the first one she's like there's all these nerdy guys making this movie and then superman walks in and he's <laughs> like, <laughs> And he's so attractive and blah, blah, blah. My mom just gushes about how, how attractive Bruce was. So it's just funny. But, um, yeah, it's it's five groovies. I, I don't know if I could love a movie more than I love this movie. <laughs> That's fair. What about you, Drew? It's probably no surprise, but I, I, I definitely give it five groovies. It's the it's bonkers. This movie is, yeah. I think it's one of the most creatively ambitious movies of all time, especially for an independent movie. It's the most reckless, exciting, just fucking, you know, it, just nuts sort of movies I've ever seen. So thank you, uh, Brett and Drew, for joining us to talk about Evil Dead 2. Where can the listeners find you and what do you have coming up you'd like to share? Thanks, um, you can find me on I'm Jack Star Grundy on, uh, on Instagram, which doesn't make any sense to anybody, but it's a reference to a comic book. But um <laughs> But uh, The Wretched's coming out May 1st on VOD and, like, iTunes and Amazon Prime and all the digital platform stuff. So, yeah, our, our, our big little movie's coming out then, so if you get a chance, yeah, check it out. Yeah, and please. I'm at Drew Draw on Instagram. 
But we're also the worst social media guys in the world. But if you want to hit us up and say hi or ask a question, we're actually good about responding. We're just bad about posting stuff. <laughs> and are you guys on? You guys are on Twitter. Yeah, that... we're on Twitter. I, I, it's one of those things where I'm like, I tweet every once in a while, but I, yeah. for some reason, I'm just like. I don't know, man. I always feel guilty when I go on social media because I'm like, I should really be working on that werewolf script right now. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, but it's just the way, yeah, just the way it is. So. <laughs> awesome. So you heard from us, listeners, but now we want to hear from you. What has your experience been with The Evil Dead 2? Send us an email at scarredforlifepodcast at gmail.com or reach out to us directly on Twitter. I am at MB McAndrews. And I'm at Gailey Dreadful. And of course, keep the conversation going by chatting with the podcast on Twitter at Scarred Podcast. And please don't forget to review, rate, and subscribe. Thank you to Steve Barnold for our artwork. Thank you to Sean Keller for our music. Um, thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, stay well out there and stay creepy. And until next time. powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. What is The Briefing Room? It's a behind-the-scenes look at how the criminal justice system works and the lives of the people within that system. If you love true crime, well, these are the real people who do the job every day of making sure justice is served. Hi, I'm Detective Dave. I'm Detective Dan. Together, we have decades of experience in local law enforcement, a profession that we think is often misunderstood. So we're going to explore how to do it right, and we won't shy away from when it's done wrong. These are stories you'll hear nowhere else. Unique, frank, and unvarnished. From the team that brought you Small Town Dicks, this is The Briefing Room. Episode 1 drops on August 30th. We'll meet you in The Briefing Room. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.